Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode. Tonight, it's the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week. And from 1976, we're going to be talking about God Told Me To, directed by Larry Cohen. Excited to be talking about that later on in the show. But as always, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Did you see what God just did? Hello, hello, Dude, everybody. Dude, he just killed people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was like that. I really loved everybody. Oh, it's like that. It is like that. <laughs> How you doing? And if you heard the giggle, yeah. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Ready for the episode. Looking forward to talking about it. But I know we got a lot of stuff. You're back. The dean's back. I'll introduce him in a second. So I'm excited for this one. Look forward to, to getting down and dirty with it. So without further ado, we're also joined by the psychotic Simeon. The Prince of Memorial Day, yes. Get funky with it, monkey. <laughs> hey there, Fright fans. This is your maniacal mad monkey broadcasting to you live from the top of the Talking Terror Water Tower. I am one quarter of the four horsemen of horror podcast crew of Talking Terror. So listen live, listen on Blog Talk, listen on iTunes, listen with your mama. We don't care. Just make sure you're listening. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> There's that line of cocaine that he promised he would do right before his intro. <laughs> Right out of the yeah, gate with I'm the cocaine. <laughs> Cock locked and ready to go. All right. Love you as always. At Talking Terror, do not only condone using drugs, we say to use them responsibly. Yeah. I think I said that right. I absolutely can. <laughs> yeah, you're in control, go for it. But speaking of taking drugs in mass quantities, I believe we are also joined by the demonic Dean. Hey, Dean. <laughs> yes, here at Talking Terror, not only <laughs> do we condone the use of drugs and alcohol, um, we also use them well, in copious amounts. So well, <laughs> most of them. Responsibly, yeah. If you're doing it responsibly, you know, it's not a big deal. Go ahead. We don't care. Do what you want. We're not going to cold beer. I see cold beer right here, right now. Oh, you and me both. Same here. Same here. Cracking on the hands. <laughs> yep. Or decided, <laughs> decided to skip the usual wine and, uh, you know, go with a little beer this evening. Now, I noticed you're switching, from the beer, you're switching to beer recently. You don't drink as much wine anymore. Guess you know that's uh, that was a fad, I guess, for a while. No, the dean said he's in the equal opportunity drinker. He's not partial to one or the other. <laughs> mm, that is true. I always forget. He goes back and forth. I drink. I mean, I, 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 equal opportunity is is correct. I mean, I drink all kinds of wine. I drink all kinds of beer. I drink all kinds of liquor. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't really. I don't really discriminate. Um, I'm not a fan of gin. <laughs> Um, 
I'll say I like gin. It's been a long, I'm not a fan of gin, and it's. I don't want to say that I'm not down with it. It's just been uh, too long since I've had any to have an opinion uh, as far as rum is concerned. Um, but vodka, tequila, uh, bourbon, uh, you know, good, strong Kentucky bourbon is probably my favorite liquor, uh, followed by some really smooth tequila. And, you know, my, my taste in beer uh, runs the whole gamut, so. Right. Oh, yeah. did somebody say? Did somebody say rum? Witness the Kraken. <laughs> that is good rum. I do like Kraken. Yeah. You know, if I do get a bottle, I do like Kraken or Sailor Jerry. You know, I like to sell the Seven Seas and I drink my rum. Very much about the Sailors and the Kraken. <laughs> he likes to have a nautical team with his rum. <laughs> I do. I do like that. And of course, I have to, you know, while we're doing the podcast, I have to go back and forth to the TV because NXT tonight, you have Sasha Banks and Bailey versus the Lady Wizard Dads, Shotzi Blackheart and Nia Though. So I can't wait to see that tag match. So. Oh, that, that's your, that's your new girl, isn't it? That's right. Shotzi? Oh yeah. Shotzi is the new one. Sorry, Becky. <laughs> Becky's been replaced. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, taking Knox, taking over, you know, and and Shotzi Blackheart. The Lady Wizard Dad, as they're known, going for the tag titles. So <laughs> I'm walking back and forth between the living room and the kitchen. So. Okay. But, all right, so we're all ready to go? All right. Uh, Gene, um, the other sure. floor, what do you want to talk about? I'm sorry, Monkey, go ahead. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say real quick before we get into horror news and whatnot, King, would you like to wish anyone a very special happy birthday today? Oh, I mean, I could, but but he's been dead since 1996. This is true. But I would but say still, happy birthday. We, 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 we just fucking talked about it last week. That's what I was saying. If you wanted to bring it up on the show, all right. Way to stay professional, <laughs> well, King. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is Lucio Fulci's really birthday. He would have been 93 this year, but he did die at really 86. <laughs> well, he is. I mean, he can't hear me. I mean, if people are in ghosts, maybe. Maybe his ghost hangs around me. I don't know. I watch enough of his movies, but and I did score my shirt from Fight Rags. Got my Wichita Fight oh, shirt. Going to be shipping July 10th. Oh hell yeah! I was on that at 10 a.m. on the dot. You really thought that was going to be sold out at 10:01? <laughs> I was because it's a five-day only release. After Sunday, it's gone forever. So I was like, "Fuck, dude, got to get on this Fulci shit." <laughs> <laughs> Get on so, the bulky train. <laughs> had to. So at 10 a.m. I jumped on Fright Rags, ordered it, and I was like, "Good, I can just sit back and wait now. <laughs> it's mine forever. I can rock my Fulci T-shirt whenever I want." So, but yeah, I was nervous. I, I was nervous. I don't know. Those limited edition Fright Rag shirts—they go quick. I mean, I've seen the Carpenter one went in a day and a half. It was completely sold out. Now was another limited release that they did for John Carpenter. So. That shit goes fast. People yeah. like it. Yeah, but on the flip side, you are talking about Carpenter versus Fulci. <laughs> so just say it. <laughs> Quality over quantity. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sure. We'll, we'll go well, there. All right. I mean, this, okay, but wait a minute here. Man. I mean, you're saying, you're saying Carpenter over Fulci here. I mean, the reality is this even though John Carpenter might be a more well known name as far as you know, being in the United States and whatnot, when we're talking mm-hmm. about just horror fans in general, I think anybody 
that pretty much would be buying either or of those shirts knows both of those names fairly well. So I think there's probably mm-hmm. just as Oops. much chance of either one selling out. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> no, it's true. They're just known by different groups. You know, Carpenter is more yeah. mainstream. Fulci is more offbeat. But they're still pretty well known, I think. They like to go up at the hardcore horror fans. You know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Dean, now, now that the floor is yours, what do you got behind news? <laughs> well, before we jump right into that, uh, I just want to talk about real quick the image that I shared with you guys on our, in our, in our group message the other day uh, involving the Amityville poster. Uh, I'm sorry, the Amity Island poster uh, from Jaws. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I, I, had, I had never heard that before. Uh, especially given the volume of, you know, Jaws special features and behind the scenes and little making ofs that have been on every DVD um, that I've watched uh, over all of the years. Um, I had never even thought of something like that. And I did a little bit of looking and couldn't find any additional information if that was by design or if uh, that was just something somebody came up with by, by looking at it. But I thought that was quite the piece of information. I was kind of blown away by that. Yeah. Uh, was Ghoul, what about you? <laughs> yeah, because Ghoul, what about you? Because I know you're a huge Jaws fan as well. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it wasn't something I'd ever heard, you know, before. So it was definitely uh, an interesting read and an interesting thing to sit there and look at and analyze. And I didn't do much research beyond that. So I'm sure I'll uh, poke around just to see if, you know, if that's something somebody came up with or, or was it actually, you know, something that they, they did. Maybe it was part of a storyboard or something that they were, were using for the movie and they just kind of stuck it in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but so yeah, for great the listeners at home, Dean, what was that about? Because, I mean, obviously we shared it on the group chat. You put it on the Instagram, Talking Terror. But for those who are listening, yeah, so, uh, what is that billboard yeah. about? If If people haven't seen it, and I did share it to the – Talking Terror Instagram. So if you follow us on Instagram, just check out our account. But uh, the poster, under the poster, the billboard uh, that at some point in the movie gets defaced, uh, the Amity Island Welcomes You billboard uh, advertising the 50th annual regatta on July 4th uh, apparently shows all of the deaths in the movie with the blonde girl, Chrissy, on the raft. You know, the Lilo, which I guess is another name for a raft, uh, which was Alex Kittner. Uh, then there's a Lilo. boat in the background. Uh, what is, say it again? Lilo. Lilo, yeah. Uh, then the boat, uh, you know, <laughs> signifying uh, Ben Gardner, the rower, and, and Captain Quint. Uh, so those are all of the deaths in the movie. And, you know, there's imagery on, on that billboard uh, representing all of them, which I just, you know, you would think, what like, is there could there be a new tidbit about Jaws that hasn't been shared before? Uh, given the, the the sheer volume of exploration of every nook and cranny of that film over all of the years. Yeah, yeah it was interesting right. to see and, and uh, to discover that for the first time. It kind of reminds me of Shaun of the Dead and the bar sequence at the beginning of the movie where they describe the entire <laughs> film, but you don't know about it until the end, mm. that they're giving away the entire plot. Mm. It's kind of one of those Easter eggs mm. you don't know about until you rewatch it or see it online as a trivia bit. 
But then it, this is also another interesting point that the ghoul brings up a lot about Jaws is the billboard, like you just said, Dean, only shows, you know, talks about four deaths. That's all there is in the movie. And everyone thinks, like, there's so much more blood and gore in Jaws than there really is. That's a good point, too. I suppose so. I uh, never thought of it there's like that, but like just, um, yeah, uh, I mean, there's some good spurts. Some good spurts. <laughs> or spurts. Quince death alone, all that blood. Um, but yeah, just I, you know, when I when I saw that, the I fucking was just, Tinder boy was like, fucking exploded like the Pucano in fucking Jackass Three. <laughs> 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 it's so true. Kippy is a little Four kid watching kids. that shit. The fucking thing goes down, and all of a sudden that fucking global global of fucking you know again. This is on v- VHS, so it did. It wasn't really mm. like bright red. It was just like this this weird almost grayish toned color or fucking red that came blurbling up but still it was enough to go what the fuck is that in somebody's body yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's uh, yeah especially as a kid like you had said watching it you're like oh fuck kids aren't safe in these movies <laughs> 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 nothing's off limits it's quite but, yeah, yes, I, mom. I, I, <laughs> oh man this is kidding her uh-huh. have you seen my son Ugh, you know. That's yeah, he's, he's out there. <laughs> you knew. <laughs> and you did nothing. Wow. <laughs> fucking slap. <laughs> Shit, that was yeah, fucking scarier than the damn shark, dude. It's seriously. <laughs> it not not only did it like it's it's like it served its purpose perfectly. It it stopped the whole dock, but it also like stopped everyone that was watching. You know, like when that happens yeah. in the film, like you stop yeah. too. You're like, oh shit, and and just like your mind freezes. It's like having a fucking <laughs> panic attack thinking about her. I'm like getting the fucking sweats over here and everything. Yeah. <laughs> she just slapped the fuck out of the sheriff, and she got away with it. I know. And they did a really good shot. And they did a really good shot the way they way the camera is so close in on her face, like you can see like every line and wrinkle of sadness and anger. Um, mm-hmm. and and despair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Brody took scene. it, and Brody knew. Brody took it. You know, the mayor, as usual, tries to spin, and Brody's just like, "Shut the fuck up, you're wrong. Like it's my fault." <laughs> we got reelected in part two. By the way, even after everything that happened, I like to remind people that guy got reelected <laughs> because he wanted to put in a monorail. Everyone wanted the monorail. That's why he got elected. <laughs> we'll see. That that brings up a great point right there, okay? When we don't want officials like this to be reelected, get to the polls and vote, people. Get to the fucking (laughs) polls this year and vote, please. (laughs) Our job is a COVID-19 crisis. (laughs) That is our job. They brought to you by talking terror. (laughs) (laughs) Fauci is Sheriff Brody. (laughs) That's our Sheriff Brody. He wants everyone to be safe. Put your masks on. <laughs> All right. So, so what have you got for our news team? Uh, Cineworld Cinemas and Regal Cinemas plan to uh, reopen all of their locations around the world uh, by mid-July. Uh, they, of okay. course, will be following all uh, local guidelines as far as uh, opening in a safe fashion given the continued rise of cases of COVID-19 across the land, even though our leadership says it's nothing but ashes and dust. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cineworld, <laughs> Cineworld and Regal Cinemas so uh, to open all locations with, uh, you know, you know, percentage with a percentage uh, of seats for each showing unsold and social distancing and so on and so forth. So the world continues well, to try to get back to normal. On a side note, our golden cow of a president also said, if we stop testing today, this is what he suggested, is if we just stop testing, there'll be no new cases popping up anymore. No, that <laughs> you makes know, sense. So just stop That's testing. Logic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course there are new cases will pop up if you stop testing. <laughs> but yeah, so, sorry. That's all I'm going to say. We're not going to go on to side rants like that. It's just, like you just it's said. It's defeated. You know, it's done. Just, it's it's dust Reopen. in the wind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that'll be interesting. No, nothing on AMC yet, as far as them reopening. Or are they still just gone? They just folded. Wind, dude. Dean. <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. Dean. What was, what was the question? <laughs> he was asking. AMC uh, theaters. Would, yeah, any news uh, on I have that? No, or? I have nothing, I have nothing uh, in regards to AMC theaters. I didn't see any. Last we talked about it was the last I had seen something. You know, I, I try to check up on what's going on in the news with this stuff every day, and I haven't seen any. I haven't seen AMC in the headlines at all. Um, so I, don't, okay. I have no idea what's going on. They're gone. So <laughs> I guess they folded. All right. <laughs> Moving on, what else do you have, Dean? Uh, apparently there's a huge Star Wars convention every year in Anaheim. Uh, this year, uh, the Star Wars celebration is canceled due to health concerns, uh, so that will not oh, be taken place. Um, I know the King of Horror is probably all broken up about that, but um, I am. You know, I don't think you'd be traveling 3,000 miles to Anaheim for it, <laughs> even if you were a fan, uh, because I wouldn't be traveling just a few hundred miles for it, and I am a fan. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's okay, Amy. We have such a next year. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Somebody needs, to, somebody needs to stop choking Smeagol. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of the guy. Uh, moving right along, uh, Warner <laughs> Brothers uh, has been shuffling their releases all over the place. Uh, but their biggest uh, shufflings uh, right now is they have moved the Godzilla versus King Kong from uh, this November 20th, and they've pushed it to next year, to May 21st, 2021, uh, taking over the spot that was originally supposed to be for the release of The Matrix 4, but that's been moved from May 21st, 2021, to April 1st of 2022. So uh, it's going to be just Ooh. under two years now until you see uh, the next Matrix. I guess their maybe their thought process there is just hopefully by then, uh, everything is 100% back to normal because I'm going to go out on a limb and imagine that uh, that's going to be a, a, a big ticket when that finally comes around. So I don't think that's the kind of movie they're going to want to be sh- trying to show when there's, you know, you can only have 50% capacity, capacity in the theaters. Um, yeah, that's a pretty big delay for The Matrix. But you're right. Yeah. You know. Well, it's uh, only been like, yeah. what, you know, 15 years since the last one? <laughs> yeah. 15. But, you know, they yeah, I guess you that's, know, that's about of, right. Uh, you know, lots of um, stuff being being moved around, and uh, you know, in the opposite direction, uh, Bill and Ted Three, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, might be going straight to video, is now trying to keep their theatrical release, and they've actually moved up the release date. Uh, they were supposed to come out April 21st, 
and that's been shifted back to April 14th. I mean, sorry, August 21st, and that's been shifted back to August 14th because uh, Wonder Woman was actually supposed to be released on August 14th, and that's been pushed to, I think, November. Uh, so Bill and Ted 3 uh, is still trying to hit the movie theaters, but now a week earlier than originally planned. Um, so hopefully, you know, hoping for those guys on the big screen, I would feel, I would feel kind of bummed if, uh, you know, they had to go the straight-to-video VOD kind of route um, with all of that. Uh, with that being said, you know, the trailer didn't make me feel super excited, but still, I'll be excited to, to kind of see that in the movie theater. Well, it was a teaser. And, um, it's only a minute long. That's not the full official. Yeah, That's I know. Giving you a I know. Just, so, I, yeah, I, I I'll get you, though. I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm excited yeah, about you it, mean. you know. I'm not, you know. As somebody that's a big fan of the Bill and Ted franchise, uh, obviously the first one, more than Bogus Journey, um, which I did see in theater. Uh, yeah, I me wasn't, too. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't set on fire with the with the trailer either, you know. And again, I know it was a teaser, but it definitely did not like you know, didn't excite me the way that I would have hoped it would have. Yeah. Yeah, I get that point. You know, I mean, I, like we, said, we talked about it last week, uh, the monkey and I, but yeah, just seeing uh, Alex Winter looking like he hasn't aged a fucking day was probably the most shocking thing about that trailer, other than Keanu Reeves looking like a plastic Ken doll, like just no expression whatsoever on his face. I didn't really know how to take that, but still trying to figure that out. Okay. Okay. You know hey, but what? there you have, just rattling off the reasons that left me kind of cold after watching it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a question. Okay, what fucking planet are you guys on that you say this like Keanu Reeves ever has any other expression on his fucking face? The guy John Wick? made a career out of playing the same character in every single fucking movie. He's one of those actors that it either works or it doesn't work. And most of the time, with the roles that he picks, it works. But he doesn't have to do and what's amazing about the good... What- with the ghoul right. thought there, what's really amazing oh, about that sorry. is because when it works with the Keanu, that's okay, uh, with, with Keanu Reeves, uh, what works there is that when, when he does select a role and it works, it's like there's no one else that could have made that role work. And basically, he's just kind of standing there, you know? He doesn't emote. Right. What does he have to emote for? The most fucking emotion he's shown is getting mad about the dog being killed in John Wick. Okay, but you know what? That's a cheap shot. You can't say that's him fucking giving you that because you know what? You put any movie on where a fucking dog gets killed, most of us are going to be a big, weepy fucking mess. <laughs> true. Okay. This is true. But that. that that, but that being said, we are also trying to compare the original performances by Keanu Reeves in the first two Bill and Ted movies, where he was hopping all over the place, he was all smiling and shit like that, hopping around and this and that, you know, being excellent, you know, and we're j- <laughs> and now we're getting John Wick. So, <laughs> so, this, this, so maybe it ought to be called, you know, but, you know, maybe all these fucking years, maybe call you know? it. Yeah, but maybe call it Bill and John's Excellent Adventure. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Bill and John. Introducing the character. Played by Nicholas Cage. Here's John. Whoa. <laughs> I was talking about... I was, doesn't roll off I was talking the about... Same way. Uh, I was talking Bill about Bill and John. and John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. That, okay, I can see that. <laughs> Bill and John Wick. <laughs> Whoa, they killed my dog, dude. <laughs> That is most not actually. Your dog's dead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bogus. Bro, you, you got to go back in the past to get your dog back, bro. 
<laughs> See, that should have been the storyline for the third one. <laughs> I'll, I'll be behind it. <laughs> not going to no, lie. That, I didn't see that. When we finally get, what we're going to find out is this. All of these years, all of these films have all been building up to an Avengers Endgame level movie that stars Keanu Reeves as every single character he's ever played all at the same time. The Keanu Reeves. So he's just John Wick versus Neo. You know, like you're talking all kinds of fucking facial expressions going on here. So basically he's wearing sunglasses, uh, carrying guns with a surfboard strapped to his back while throwing a football. Don't don't wow. forget he's trying to put out. The, don't forget about the bomb on the bus. <laughs> right, right, oh, right. Speed, while yeah. driving over fifty-five, while, while he's speeding down the highway at fifty-six miles an hour. Yeah. While shooting his gun up in the air and screaming, "Damn you, Johnny Utah!" <laughs> Damn you, Johnny Utah! <laughs> yeah. So you know, while talking about other characters uh, from from this era. I don't know if you all got a chance to read it because it was kind of extensive, but I had a great time oh, yesterday well, reading the oral history of Gremlins 2, uh, Care oh, of I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Consequence of Sound. I, I uh, mm-hmm. hear that the King of Bar read it, but uh, uh, that mm-hmm. I read it. was a super fun read. Very extensive, super fun read about, about Gremlins 2. So, yeah, put it on the top uh, of you know, I'm, Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of uh, oral, you know, oral histories. Um, we heard, and uh, I, I really <laughs> you're enjoyed. A, you're, a, you're a fan of oral. <laughs> yes, history. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's a fan of the history and... of oral. <clears throat> yes, are we all? Yep. Sorry, Dean. <laughs> Why? Why? But yeah, no, <laughs> it's a great read. But uh, I did include the King and Peel sketch in our group chat because they included it on the article. But yeah, just. It's Joe Dante getting all creative control and just basically saying yes to everything. You know, vegetables, gremlin, you're in. Hulk Hogan, you're in. Electrical gremlin, you're in. Spider gremlin, yes. Brainy gremlin, <laughs> hell yeah. Let's make this fucking movie, everybody. <laughs> transsexual gremlin. Uh, it's, it's, I forgot about that one. Yep, there you go. Yep, the transsexual gremlin. Head of it uh, uh, so I, many times. Well, I still have the newspaper clipping uh, ad for the um, Sunday paper for Gremlins 2, where it's the picture of the Gremlin knocking the ashes into the desk drawer and there's Gizmo. It's framed no, in my yeah. hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the office chair, Tony Randall voicing the brain uh, Gremlin. But yeah, it was a great read of Consequence and Sound. I recommend that it's on the Facebook yeah. page. But Because yeah, you watch the movie and, and then you read that article and you're like, it makes sense. They just didn't say no to anything. No, they just went for it and included everything that they possibly could get in there, and it's uh, you know, super fun. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, on, yeah, I know that. It oh, works, sorry, it works sorry, so dude. well too. You know what I mean? Like I, I enjoyed Gremlins too a lot. You know, um, I know it didn't do all that great in the box yeah. office at the time and everything, but I think that had more to do with the length of time in between Gremlins <laughs> and Gremlins too. You know, I think at that point yeah. it was kind of out of the cultural zeitgeist, and you know, aside from a couple of you know, super fans that, you know, we were the right age when that first movie came out, you know, they, uh, yeah. they I, I think they just missed the audience because they had moved on to other things. But yeah, no, I, I love Gremlins too. It's a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I don't know, agree. It's, it's been quite some time since I've seen it. You know, that's one, 
I've seen, you know, Gremlins has been on here and there. I haven't seen Gremlins 2 on in a bit, but that would be definitely something. I would, you know, I would certainly not change the channel if I saw that one come on. Uh, you know, and it's just been, it's been, it's been some time since I've seen that one. I see Gremlins a lot because I usually show that to my classes around Christmas time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but not Gremlins 2. I watch Gremlins. Yeah. <clears throat> Can't really Christmas show Die Hard and, and I, I guess I guess I could, but you know, but they like they all like <laughs> scary movies and shit. So like you know, Gremlins still falls under that PG banner. Um, so I show it to my classes, and they love it every time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, there we go. All right, so what's next? We are all fans of the Chin. We're all fans of Bruce Campbell here on on this show, and we've you know talked about him at length in his career, and we've covered different films in it. Uh, if you are a true fan of Bruce Campbell, uh, and you can get to Dixon, Illinois, uh, the weekend of July 10th and 11th, uh, and make your way to the Midway Drive-In, uh, Bruce Campbell is going to be hosting Q&A and screenings of all three of the original films in the Evil Dead series, uh, oh. all of which are being prepped and restored to be broadcast in 4K. And they will also have vintage drive-in concession stand ads, as well as showing classic horror uh, coming attractions. And all of this will be hosted and presented by Bill uh, Bruce Campbell himself. That's cool. Here in Dixon, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love it if I was out that way. July July 10th and 11th. It's awesome. All three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Got to meet the king. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely cool to check out. And I do have the details up on the Talking Terror page if you want to check out the details. If you're in that area, if you want to go road trip, like the monkey said, the details for those two days are up. So if you want to check that out. Okay, great. All right, so what else do we have, Dean? We have some things to talk about <clears throat> regarding the world of Ghostbusters. Oh, and really? Who are you going to call? We do. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mr. Mr. Reitman himself has been hard at work editing uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, while under quarantine. Uh, he's been working on it from home, uh, you know, uh, prepping it, uh, getting it ready, and that's another one already that's had its it's had its release date uh, pushed on uh, from July 10th of this year to March 5th of next year, 2021. Uh, but he has been working on it, and uh, excuse me. And wanting to do obviously the best job that he can, uh, given the COVID-19 circumstances. But not just that, uh, a project that's been in the works for for 12 years now is finally seeing uh, the light of day. Uh, cleaning up the town, uh, remembering the Ghostbusters documentary is going to be released in June. It's going to show on the the Crackle TV service on uh, starting June 18th, and then will be available on Blu-ray worldwide on June 22nd. Again, they've been working on this thing for 12 years. They have interviews with Dan Aykroyd, Hal Ramis, and Ernie Hudson, uh, as well as people in the effects department, and they will be also including lots of archival footage and uh, never-before-seen footage as well. Uh, So that's cleaning up the town. Tomorrow? Go ahead. No, you think June eighteenth? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, in <laughs> in the days of of COVID nineteen, I I I have no idea what day it is or what month it is. It's just it's just 2020. Um, I, I was actually I was actually reading this article, uh, you know, earlier today. This is true. 
And I'm like, oh, uh, June 18th. I'll, I'll, I'm really looking forward to that. And like had no concept of that whatsoever that today was June 17th. So uh, it all just seems so far. <laughs> that's the truth. And it all just it seems is. so far it in is. the future. Uh, because we've been in this kind of just like in the stasis, you know, for, for, for months now, um, you know, with every day essentially being the same as the fucking last. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. tomorrow, I, if, I, you, if you have grapple, yeah. uh, tomorrow you can see Ghostbusters cleaning up the town, uh, remembering the Ghostbusters. And if you want a 4K, I, you know, uh, uh, sorry, you want a Blu-ray or something, you can wait a few more days uh, until the 22nd. I got to admit, though, Dean, I had the same problem yesterday when I was posting about the drive-in. For Bruce Campbell, it goes, oh, yeah, the, 11th, the 10th and 11th. And I was like, but that's June? I was like, that's past. I was like, why are they posting this now that they're going to give out information about a thing that already happened in the past? I was like, oh, July 10th and 11th. Whoops. I was like, what fucking month is it? I don't even know anymore. I was like, where am I? I was like, I was going to write an email to Bloody Disgusting going, take it down because it's been bad. But, you know, you can't post an article that's, you know, a week old. But, no, no, it's July, so. I'm right there with you, dude. You know, he's, 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 he can't remember anymore. <laughs> time is irrelevant. Yeah. It's <laughs> Yeah, in this day and age, time is irrelevant. But, again, yeah, that, that's a documentary I'm looking forward to, cleaning up the town. But, again, like we just talked about with Gremlins 2, I'm also a really big fan of Ghostbusters 2. Like, I know a lot of people think it's shit, but it's one that I really enjoy. It's a lot of fun. You know, I don't think it gets enough credit. I'm glad you like it, King. Compared to Gremlins 2, I would take Ghostbusters 2 over Gremlins 2 any day. I just I think it's I, a I, lot of fun and you know. So. The reality <laughs> is right, busy, just busy fucking jacking off to the Statue of Liberty. That's just what I was about to say. Yeah, I knew it. Goddamn right, I am. Just let the ring. Time. Well, she's a harbor chick, man. <laughs> Get her a couple sailors and she's good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love Ghostbusters too. You know, I mean, of course it's, it's so kid friendly because of the cartoon, but still at the same time, you know, Gremlins two and I think Ghostbusters two are in the same kind of camp. You know, where they both go over the top at times, but they're still both enjoyable. Agreed. <laughs> so, All right, Dean, what's well, up? Back in 1981, there was a revolutionary animated film uh, that came out that featured. Nudity and gore, and had a kick-ass soundtrack, and I'm talking about none other than heavy metal. And Fuck yeah! Classic, <laughs> classic animated film. And this just in: really, if you have eight thousand dollars. If you have eight thousand dollars, you can yes, get an officially licensed heavy metal pinball machine. Uh, produced by the Stern Pinball Company. Uh, they're taking orders <laughs> That's awesome. right now. $8,000, and it can be yours. Oh, that's, that that's cool. That's, that's funny as shit that it's the Stern Pinball Company, though, just because of Captain, the, the ones getting heavy metal about Captain Stern. So that's that's funny as hell. Um, and then the king knows I, I fucking love heavy metal. Because in my hallway, yeah. I actually I actually have an animation cell from the movie, and I'm really really <laughs> fucking proud of that. Very cool, <laughs> hey man. That's 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 pretty cool. No, this is actually yeah, pretty does. neat, man. I gotta say. 
One of many uh, film cells. So it's cool to see that one. But, yeah, heavy metal. That's that's a rare one though. I don't know a lot of heavy metal fans. I mean, I was when I first saw it back in the day, but that's one that hasn't really met a lot of people that either get it or like it. Man, I I put up a post on our Facebook page about three weeks ago on my Sci-Fi Sunday about it, and we reached about one thousand five hundred people on it. So yeah, there's well, I don't know any of those people so. still out there. How do you know you don't know any of those people? <laughs> That's a thousand people. I barely know five people. Never was a thousand. <laughs> fair, fair point. Fair point. Yeah, yeah. All right. So moving on, Dean. What else you got? You know, it's it's been a theme a couple of different times that uh, our very own ghouls' feathers get ruffled. Uh, when I bring up a trailer that I've seen, and he gets like, oh, uh, at least John has tell, told us to watch it so we can talk about it. So today, I, I earlier, I, I let you guys know that the the trailer for Peninsula, uh, the sequel to Train to Busan, has been released. And uh, did you guys get a chance to check it out? I did. Uh, yeah, I got it. to watch it. <laughs> Don't talk about it. Now, of course, I watched it. Yes. <laughs> So yes, thank I you mean, look, for posting your link. You're welcome. <laughs> I didn't want you to be sad and feel left out. <laughs> All right. So what do we think what about was, it? What was everybody's thought? I think, yeah. I mean, you know, are you I, gonna guide I the thought it looked. I thought it looked. Yes. Yes, we will. And I thought that it looked super fun. Um, you know, Train to Busan was fun. I think. Uh, uh, Cool. Was that actually when we covered that? Was that your pick when we covered that? No, I don't think so. Oh, maybe. Who knows? Maybe it was. It might have been my pick. It's probably, it's probably <laughs> you. It was his pick. No, I would think it's probably you or uh, Monkey. Nope. It wasn't me. No, it wasn't Maybe not. it was mine. Oh, the king is saying it's the ghoul. Yep, I remember it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Why are you sorry? It was a fun movie, and I thought the, I thought the trailer for the sequel looked super fun too. Well, I'm jumping in because there's two trailers out there. I watched both of them, and both of them oh. struck me as what? There's two. No, there's two trailers out there. But anyway, oh, good for looked, you. Yeah, <laughs> kiss my ass, King. There's two. But it, yeah, there's two trailers. There's one out more there. than one. Um. Yes, exactly. So I watched double the trailers that you guys did, but still, it struck me as really fun. Like it was like a George Romero Land of the Dead meets Fast and the Furious <laughs> meets Thunderdome uh, kind of thing. It 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 looks fun, man. It, this looks like some just high energy shit where they just take it and they're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Let's just throw everything out. Let's not be as serious as the first one. Let's just have some fun with it. You know, I uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, maybe you guys yeah. have it's a trailer. Lower, lower <laughs> expectations than than me, and from what it sounds like, the king. Uh, it looked to me like yeah. a trailer yeah. that was for a film that wasn't finished yet. Like a lot of the special effects yeah. were just not in place. As you're looking at scenery, because everything's so dark and blurry because they couldn't complete it. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to build upon this world, very much like Romero did. You know, it feels like this is the step from Day of the Dead to Land of the Dead. Well, this is Train to mm-hmm. Busan to Peninsula. Um, I like that. I like that they're growing it. But if they're going to do it, spend the money, take 
take your time and do it right. Because if that looks as shitty for the whole film, I am not going to enjoy it in any way. That shit's way too basic, way too CGI, way too... Way, you can't go that big if you can't actually go that big. Completely agree. I, I that was, was my saying. take back on it. You can't go way that too big much CGI. if you can't go that big. Words... That is fucking some genius shit. You know, if you can't do it right, don't fucking do it. And it's just looked way too much CGI, way too much like World War Z where I had a lot of problems with CGI. And that one, I was reading the comments, though, and that was what was cracking me up because I just didn't like the trailer. I was like, Train to Busan doesn't need a sequel. It's a good standalone. If you want to watch it as a standalone movie, does it deserve a sequel? Absolutely not. But I just love the comments where everybody was like, oh, look, about Train to Busan, Tokyo Dead. Drift. <laughs> but yeah, it was it, like the 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 monkey said, Fast and the Furious. Everybody was talking about how it's like Train to Busan, you know, Tokyo Drift, where it's like everybody's driving cars and it's badass, and there's CGI oh. zombies everywhere. So we're gonna call it Korean Drift? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> you call it Korean Drift, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, something in Tokyo. But um, it's just no, Wait, I, but, I I just no interest in seeing it. All right, all right, it looks like a work print, like the the, the, the ghoul had said. It looks like a work print. It looks like it wasn't finished. You know, I did get the Romero Lands of the Dead vibe. Shut but up, monkey. That's all. Yeah. Lands of the Dead isn't that good of a movie either, but, yeah, so, I don't know. That's <laughs> just, uh, no, I'll pass when it comes out. And if we ever talk about it on the show, I'll watch it. But other than that, no. It just, it looks sloppy. The effects yeah. look horrible. It's a movie that doesn't deserve a sequel. Yeah. You don't need to. If they just made that one, I'd have been happy with it. So what do you think, Dave? Like what I said at the top, I thought it looked fun, you know? Like, Like I thought the first one was fun. I didn't think it was like a great groundbreaking movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I had fun with it. I thought it was entertaining. And, you know, this looked like some fun, silly, you know, entertaining. So, 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 so often uh, stuff in the, you know, in the zombie genre, if you will, uh, is very like they you know, taken so seriously, and there's been some silly stuff within the genre here and there. But this one just like l- had a little bit more of like an action feel to it, and just you know, I, I it's definitely if it's something that's just gonna like drop on Netflix one day, just like Train to Busan yeah. did, like I'll certainly be looking yep. forward to watching it one night when there's nothing else on because it just it, you know it looks fun and entertaining to me. What what actually surprised me the most about the trailer, and then I posted the article uh, last week, I think, on Talking Terror Page is that the Cannes Film Festival actually already made this a film selection before the movie even came out. Like, they are what? just so impressed with Train to Busan Peninsula, they already gave it to see. That's an official selection of the Cannes Film Festival, which I was fucking mind-blown after watching that trailer, that they're like, yep, this is an official seal. Uh, what? Did you see the trailer before you decided that, or you just threw it <laughs> on there? Because you're trying to do what they did with Parasite. You're like, yep. Foreign films are the way to go now, guys. We're going to give all the awards well, to foreign films. Yes. Well, Cannes is a foreign film festival. Yeah, but I'm talking True. about just this specifically a zombie <laughs> film that looks terrible, but yet they're going to give it a stamp of approval for the Cannes Film Festival. I'm like, yeah. Well, opinions can differ I because I don't think that it looks terrible. Yeah, I mean, they probably thought the same thing. I just, again, like I said, I kind of concurred with the ghoul a little bit. Just didn't look as good as I thought it could be. Could it be fun? Well, yeah, but you know, that stamp of a con. Similarly related to you know giving a you know it making some headway before actually seeing okay. anything. 
Yeah, at both sides. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> as far as projects getting some some traction before they're done or even uh, you know known about uh, in in something that we all are more familiar with, uh, they are currently producing. Uh, you know, the second season for Shudder's Creepshow TV series, and they are already ordering uh, scripts for a third season, though the second season has not aired yet, nor do they have a renewal for a third season. Uh, but they're moving ahead and purchasing scripts already. Uh, I guess they're anticipating yeah. uh, in, uh, like more popularity. I, I, I don't know uh, how much impact them showing Creepshow on AMC and getting a wider audience is going to drive that, because I think that's a really smart move to do um, for yeah. them with that series. And, uh, you know, season two is in production, but they are already uh, planning out season three uh, without knowing if it's uh, even going to get the green light. It's a small I move, cool. I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, go ahead, Google. No, I was just saying smart. It is, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a smart move on their part to do that. You know, season two, like the dean has said, hasn't even gone into production yet. They have the scripts that are like 90% done. They haven't even filmed it yet, but they just want to get ahead of it. You know, because I'm sure that they know that season two is going to be just as hot as season one was. So they want to get ahead of it and really get season three greenlit. So they can start working on it. Mm. Season two in the can, <laughs> let's get working on season three go for like you know to go ahead and resume filming you know once everything lines up here as far as COVID is concerned it's like you know they can just be like the king said just boom 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 have shit ready yeah. and just season three you want it here you go it's already done wow <laughs> put, put it and on i think week. that that move uh to amc was a smart one like the dean had said that got a lot of new people because i saw a lot of the uh, horror groups that i'm part of that just watching for the first time on amc oh, i love it it's so great you know, AMC, Darren Creepshow, and I never saw it before, and it's great. So I think that was smart on their part to put it on a cable, you know, if you don't have that shutter streaming service. Yeah, and I've also been seeing a lot of people jumping on the shutter lately just because, again, they're running out of shit to watch on TV and in the <laughs> horror forums. A lot of them are going, you know, finally took a dive, finally got a shutter prescri- subscription. Not not prescription, sorry. Uh, you know, and <laughs> everyone is saying they everyone that got a prescription have been saying how happy they are with the content on that channel. Uh, I have to it's say, fantastic. I love being, it. speaking of being late to the party, um, King, I know you watched Welcome the to the party, I pal. Anybody, I don't know if anybody <laughs> else did. Um, but I have to say, I've been really impressed with the episodes that I've seen. The Ghoul Girls, the one who's been watching it religiously. Hannibal was a really good TV show, man. Really, yes, really was, out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched it on its first run, and it took me a couple episodes to get used to Mads Mikkelsen as Lecter, but it is fantastic. I mean, yeah, what a great show that they created. I might not love him as Hannibal because I just I can't see anybody but Anthony Hopkins, um, no matter what. And there's just nothing yeah, alike. Yeah, yep. So it's not even like I could see him and say, oh, yeah, I can see how he becomes Anthony Hopkins in a number of years. It just doesn't work. <laughs> um, but that being said, the visual dy- – the, the series is on Netflix now. And that's how, how we ended up catching it. The visual aesthetics that they do with each episode, I mean, there's just shit that's, like, trip-inducing. And I hope mm-hmm. I hope that the sound team for this show 
got awards for it because some of the noises and the music and the things that they're doing are just so so purposefully jarring at times that they make you cringe and it's exactly what they're going for so they're, they're definitely like hitting all those notes no pun intended correctly <laughs> yeah I completely agree it's a great show okay alright so, so Dean, Dean what else do we got uh, linking back to other films that we have covered I believe it was the monkeys pick uh, when we covered Attack the Block? Yes, it was. It Is was. that correct? <laughs> it was. And now uh, Josh Cornish and John Boyega uh, have been discussing a sequel uh, to Attack the Block. Uh, speaking on the Script Apart podcast, Cornish said that he and Boyega uh, recently got together a couple of months ago uh, to start laying down ideas that they've both been developing for a second Attack the Block film. Uh, They say that, you know, as more time has passed since the first one came out, the more interesting of a project it gets to them. And uh, obviously the, the, I guess the clout and the, the ability to maybe get a project going has changed dramatically for John Boyega, uh, given his uh, roles in the, in the Star Wars movies. Um, You know, he's just kind of gone to this other kind of level because of those. Yeah, the Star Wars movies. <laughs> the fuck is Star Wars? He put, he Which plays one? Spock in the Star Wars movies. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> what were you what were you saying, Dean? <laughs> Where you know, Attack the Block was a fun little movie. You know, what was it 2011 or something like that? Getting close to 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, the yeah, fortunes have changed for 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 John Boyega tremendously. Um. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, that gets the wheels rolling because Attack the Block was like a, was a fun film. I, I remember enjoying that one. So uh, yeah, it was great. Cool to see what happens and if, if uh, like a, an actual sequel to that does become a possibility. Yeah, Dad, I'd love to see I, it. I, I I would be excited to see that man. It's like it's especially just to see how they play out Boyega's character. Like if, you know, cause he's, you know, saying he wants to be involved. I'm curious, like, does he want to be there acting or is he going to be there producing? And maybe they're going to tell a story of another group of kids, you know, but, uh, I, either way, I'd be excited to just to sit there and tap back into that world. Cause I, I enjoyed the ride of the first one, but they'd re- have to work really fucking hard to, to, to make another one of, to match the first one. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure if they have their ideas, you know, what they want to do. I mean, they've been talking about this for a while, a uh, sequel to Attack the Block. Um, but, yeah, coming off that first one, I would love to see John Boyega uh, go back as Moses, the main character, and see where he is, you know, nine, ten years later, whatever they decide to do it, uh, you know, and go further into it. Cause it's one of those movies where it's great as a standalone, but at the same time, I think it lent itself to a sequel. You know, who says that there can't be another alien invasion? Right, Not I agree. Me. And plus, you know, who knows what else? Cool, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even with us for that episode, man. <laughs> nah, you know what's even worse, man, is I ended up, I bought the movie that week. I, I forget why I couldn't make it, but uh, I had bought the movie to watch it, and I still haven't even seen the damn movie yet. Like, I own it. It's on the, like, in my <laughs> Xbox list. Well, then you can't say no, not me. You haven't even seen the movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you see it. 
And then I they know, you weren't on there. No they, I'm saying there can't be no reason for another alien invasion. I'm agreeing with you. So of course I can. Say oh, it. Uh, uh, okay. I thought you meant like no reason for the sequel. I mean, because they're trained to be signed to get the sequel. I'm gonna attack the block and definitely get the sequel. Let's get this going. <laughs> I love sequels. <laughs> we know. Oh, hit or miss. <laughs> I guess I, I mean, never miss. Definitely hit or miss. Because the sequels are always better than the first one. Always. <laughs> In certain circumstances, yeah. yes, I agree with that. Aliens, I think, is better than Aliens. So I would say that. Oh. Godfather 2 compared to Godfather 1. You know, so, yeah, hot takes maybe. But, you know, that's no, what I th- those aren't really sequels. Those are continuations of the, an actual established storyline. That would be like saying <sighs> Empire's better than Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's all just fucking gibberish to me. I just know that fucking aliens are oh, sequel what? Aliens. what? Okay. I'm going to be quiet. We're talking now. about Star Wars okay. again. I, get, I, just, I zone out when you start talking about Star Wars. <laughs> well, you're going to love the next okay. seven news items that I have. Excellent. Let's do it. Let's I'm jump into well, it. Well, for, for the next Star Wars movie. <laughs> no, go ahead, Dean. Yeah, I'm sure they got 14 no, more in the no, fucking tube. No. The the final the final one that I have for for this evening, uh, which is my favorite one of the week, is that uh, you know a couple of days ago on his Twitter page, Stephen King was asked what was the best idea that he's had for a novel that he didn't mm-hmm. end up writing, and his answer uh, to me is just absolutely wonderful and fascinating. Uh, he says that the the idea that he had for a novel that he has not written is a Jason Voorhees novel called I, Jason. Uh, that is a first-person narrative, uh, you know, <laughs> with exploring uh, Jason Voorhees' uh, hellish fate of being killed over and over and over again at Crystal Lake. Um, you know, the story told from Jason's perspective. Uh, Stephen King said that, um, you know, the legal thicket that you would probably have to go through uh, to get permission uh, in any way for something like this is something that makes both his head and his heart ache. Uh, but when it comes to ideas that he has had, uh, that he never wrote, uh, I, Jason, the first person Jason of Voorhees novel is the one that he listed. I would love to read that. <laughs> the legal rights, sure. But yeah, Stephen King writing basically fan fiction. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> I would love to read it. <laughs> His take of Jason Voorhees yeah. in like a Groundhog Day esque fucking scenario where he keeps getting killed and coming back. Yeah, Friday the Fourteenth, dead again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except he'd move Ken Crystal Lake to Maine. It's got to be up there. Um. So, Ghoul, what do you think, man? Because I know you're a huge Stephen King fan, and you're the biggest Friday Thirteenth fan out of all of us here. Uh, what do you think of this idea? Oh, listen, man. I mean, obviously, it's it's the titillations of a man's imagination. So I can't shit on that. Um, that being said, I don't know if I'd want to really read Stephen King's extra-long descriptions of every single time Jason has died and come to life, and then, you know, the, the woes and the trials and his tribulations, because, you know, knowing King, that'll end up being like a 2,000-page epic, and I, I just don't know <laughs> if the, the material is actually there. Okay. Uh, 
and then uh, King and Dean, I know you two are both, you know, big King fans as well. What do you guys, you know, well, King, we heard you, you, you'll read anything that King yeah. will write, you know, fucking back Fuck of a yeah. soup can, you know, that's your thing. But <laughs> Dean, what about you? <laughs> What's that? Would you, uh, <laughs> what do you think about it? <laughs> What did I say before? I thought it sounds fucking fantastic. Who wouldn't want to read a first-person perspective from Jason Voorhees written by Stephen King? I mean, that sounds like a tremendous product. I mean, if anything could cut through the... Shouldn't he just show up at the court and be like, hey, guys... Uh, I want to write this, like, and they should probably come to a handshake deal because the amount of books that he would probably sell if he, 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 if he wrote something like that uh, would, would probably be enough money to make everything happy, and then Cunningham and Miller can get over it, and Jason Voorhees can come back to the fucking world and join the rest of us. We see the king that decides it. <laughs> what? He's on the end of the lawsuit. Guys, guys, hi, Stephen King here. Might know me, famous author. Guys, both of you could just shut the I fuck up for a second. I have a great idea for a book. <laughs> yeah. It's going to fucking terrify. Get this, guys. I'm moving to Crystal Lake to Maine. You're going to fucking love it. Get the movie rights now. I, Jason, on bookshelves next month. Lawsuit ended. <laughs> they come to an agreement. Wasn't it moved to Connecticut for like Jason takes Manhattan Jason goes to hell. or something? There you go. That, that's what it was. It was one of them. Yeah, Jason goes now for some reason they moved to Connecticut because, yeah, Jason takes Manhattan. It was still in New Jersey, except you had to take a fucking cruiser line ship to get to New York City for some reason <laughs> off of Crystal Lake. Because it, yeah. it's a cruise ship from Jersey to New York, you know. It's yeah, the tourists that all want to the, – the rich tourists that want to come down from New York and, you know, take the cruise ships all through Jersey. Yeah. There are certain waterways that it could, it could happen, kind of. It's a weird one. <laughs> you take the Delaware, but, uh, you take the Delaware all the way down to near Philly, and that's why it ended up taking so long because they departed near the Philly area and came all the way around to wrap around and get up to Manhattan, <laughs> Toronto. Sure, even though uh, they were at Crystal Lake. Uh, when, when so that's why they needed a cruise ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. All right, so. Is that it for you, Dean? That's all for our news? Yeah, I mean, I did very clearly say that it was the last item when I started it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't have any well, secret that I was waiting to, to spring on you. I, <laughs> I only ask because I do have one thing to talk about before we get into mover, uh, the mover tonight. Um, yeah, that's I'm going to talk about on the uh, Talking Therapy Facebook page, and that's Clive Barker. Uh, Larry Zerner was on Twitter, and he had announced that Clive Barker is officially suing for the rights to Hellraiser. He's asking for a termination. So as of December 19, 2021, if he wins... Wait, did you say he's suing Arnold Schwarzenegger for the rights to the Terminator? Hellraiser. His original product, Hellraiser. He is suing to get the rights back to him. So he's suing the production company that currently has the rights to Hellraiser. He's suing them, and if he does, in fact, win in court, as of December 19, 2021... run the company that owns the rights right now? Yeah, sure, why not? No, <laughs> where did Schwarzenegger come up in this conversation? I, no, I don't said, know. He said something about termination, and I just introduced it as a, being a jerk. He tried. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he did. <laughs> but, so it would be uh, like, he's suing for termination of the rights. That's, so, a, that's an interesting story. So my okay. question, mm-hmm. though, is 
he's so he's Carl suing for the right. Is there is what is on what grounds? Like what grounds does he have? Is did he lose the rights through any kind of like funny business? Uh, because if someone has the rights to something legally, they have the rights to it. Like what what is what is his stance? Well, what I read from Larry Zerner when he put on Twitter. Well, he's suing for the rights to to Pinhead the character and also Hellraiser, that first movie that he wrote and directed, because the rights had gone to another production company over the years, and he's trying to take it back. He's trying to get it back to Pinhead to Hellraiser. But did somebody purchase them? The rights to legal means in purchasing, like, what would the. Standing what does he have? Well, creative license, because he's the one that created Hellraiser. He's the one that created the character of the Hellraiser, Hellraiser uh, Pinhead, rather. Yeah, but he, so he created think... it, and someone else bought it, right? Like right. somebody else it. owns it, even if he created it. Monkey gets and it, he's an artist, for... so he understands this stuff. So, like, I guess the, <laughs> what we're trying to find out here is the information that seems to be missing from the report, which is what are the grounds that he is suing on? In other words, what is he saying that they either did wrong or what is it about the product that they're putting out that he feels that he deserves the ownership of? And yeah, honestly, with the, the Twitter that I had read, he had posted the article about the, the filing that was made for the, the lawsuit of termination for the rights. I guess that Clyde Barker just wants the character back, and he wants the title Hellraiser back into his own position. Because this is the interesting thing. It doesn't work that way. Somebody owned it for X amount of time. Marvel and Disney have wanted the fucking, you know, they wanted Spider-Man back for years, but Sony owns it. And as long as Sony puts out a product every couple of years, they're going to continue to own it. So it's not like Marvel or Disney can turn around and say, well, Sony, we're going to sue you for the product now because, you know what, you're not giving it back to us. And you're continuously doing right by making another movie, whether it's good or bad. So you know what, instead we're going to sue you. No, it doesn't work that way. There needs to be a purpose or a reason for the lawsuit. But the other part that we're missing here is, did Clyde Barker at one point own the rights, and did he release those rights? Did he ever originally own Pinhead and Hellraiser? She wrote That's it, why I'm assuming there's a lawsuit. It. Yeah. She wrote it and published it, so at that point, depending on who the rights would have been, was whether it was the publishing company itself that owned them from him, or if he self-published, or whoever he worked with, he retained ownership. He had to have retained ownership because they kept his name on things. It was Clive Barker's Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, so I would assume yeah, he owned that's... it at one point, so he had to have sold it to whatever the, the movie company was. Yeah, and there's also the interesting thing of... Uh... I'm sorry, Mike. Go sorry, King. Go, go. No, I was just going to say that's the other thing that we're confused about because Ghoul and I know this about, you know, Tom McFarland, Rob Liefeld, Image, all that shit, you know, is, you know, if these were originally his stuff, how did it get out of his hands then and into another, you know, company? A Coke fuel Yeah, and that's why <clears throat> I wanted to... And it was the other thing that Larry Zerner kind of talked about is the fact that with this, if he does in fact win, and on December 19, 2021, if he does get the, the rights back to Hellraiser and Pinhead, he would only get what he created back. So he wouldn't be able to take anything that was added additionally without his, you know, his consent over the years of all these sequels. He would only get what he retained, what he wrote. So 
the Cenobites that he created, uh, including the Hell Priest and the Hellraiser name, would go back to him. But anything else that was created, he wouldn't have any say over. So it's a little bit muddied, but it just came out the other day that he put this uh, lawsuit in. So we're back so, Hellraiser Internet. So then we're basically going to go through another Friday the 13th, is what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's going to go that route. <clears throat> but I don't think it's as messy as Friday the 13th. I don't know if it's going to be as uh, muddied. I don't think it's going to drag out as long as this Friday the 13th lawsuit. I think it's going to be a little bit quicker than that. Okay. So well, essentially what I'm reading here is he's suing for declaratory judgment that I guess the original transfer, he owned the rights, he transferred them to the movie studio in 1986. I'm guessing <laughs> what uh, they're trying to say is he is suing because everything that they've made since the second Hellraiser 2, um, this might not be a direct quote from him, but essentially it's what he considers watchable trash. Um, <laughs> so... Basically, Agreed. yeah. He's, say, he's saying that <laughs> yeah. they've gone so far from his original product that I guess he's claiming that he could sue to get the original product back because they can continue to make whatever they're making with no relation to his pinhead character or, I guess, those original Cenobites. See? Well, he wouldn't, King, they wouldn't be able to make a pinhead. You research, <laughs> and then you deliver the news, okay? You don't it's on the phone, Sarah Page. What are you, Fox yeah. News? Give <laughs> us the information. I wanted to throw it in there. Hey, listen, you know, hey, I want to throw it out there, make it a hot headline. Well, you know, you did the research. Of <laughs> okay, so so yeah. then it sounds like, according to what the ghoul has said, is, we're, we're, is kind, of, kind of what we're talking about with, the Friday 13th lawsuit, except it's more relevant and a little bit more poignant here, is, you know, Clyde Barker is suing for Pinhead and his original Cenobites right. as opposed to just, you know, a kid jumping out of the water. Okay? Right. Clyde Barker mm-hmm. has an actual character, you know, who while someone else and has... Established a, Cenobites. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, so that's what he is trying to go for, and he's saying he wants his original material back, and then they can have their original material, split it, yeah. okay, each go their own separate way, except this time we actually have an established character that has been around throughout the entire franchise, though. So then if he gets the rights to Pinhead, does that sit there and then give him money into the all of the movies since Pinhead was in all of the movies? Correct. Yeah, so there we go. All right, the clarification was made. You know, I apologize for hitting with the hot headline and then not elaborating as much as I possibly could have. I just wanted to throw no, it in dude, before we talk about the movie. It, it, it well, makes for a good talk, too, man. In the original book, if I remember right, he's the Hell Priest. He isn't called Pinhead. Pinhead is something that came up from the movies because of the look of and the character. The movie. And it was easy, and it was easy to, easier to say. But what I'm saying is if he's suing back for the rights of what his original things were – he might not be able to get, quote-unquote, Pinhead. He could get the Demon Priest, but he might not be getting Pinhead back. This is also, I think everything reverts back to him anyway if the studio doesn't get, like, a movie out within a certain amount of time anyway. I think this is very similar to the, uh, the Sony thing with Spider-Man. Yeah. And Fox we'll, we'll see as Fantastic Four for a while. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is still new. It just happened this week that the, the lawsuit was filed. So any updates that I get, I'll put on the Talking Terror page, and we'll talk about it on the show. Uh, but I don't know about you guys, 
God's uh, telling me that we got to talk about this movie tonight. That's the Mad Monkey's take. God's told me to from 1976, directed by Larry Cohen. Monkey, take the floor. You got it. All right. Well, this is the story of Peter Nicholas, a New York City police detective and a hardcore Catholic. He's put in charge of investigating a series of random mass murderers that are taking place around the city. When asked why they did it, the murderers always reply with, God told me to. As his investigation like into these, yeah, as his investigation into these bizarre events continue, it leads Peter to question his values, his faith, and possibly his very soul. All right, now the re- so God just did. <laughs> yeah, and now you no God, don't you walk away? You clean up after yourself. I saw what you just did. Don't you Took fucking leave much. that on my Took sofa, you, you nasty motherfucker. All right. <laughs> but the reasons I chose this film is <laughs> it's considered one of those forgotten sci-fi horror movies that I've been looking up lately, and it seems like it's been hitting a lot of lists where every fan should watch this. You know, so I was like, fuck yeah. it, let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> um, what happens the other reason people is, have too much time on their hands. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm not on COVID watch. I don't have any quarantine time. I go to work every day. Okay, so shut up. Good for you. <laughs> I'm, like you uh, I'm like you, cool. We actually got to work. All right. The other reason that I picked this is, like I said last week, a lot of people have been listening to a lot of voices lately. A lot of voices of bigotry and hate. And I just wanted to use this film as a statement to say that you don't have to listen to those voices, especially when deep down in your own heart. You should know that those voices are saying some really evil fucking things, and we know that you are better than that. And that's why I picked this. Right. All right. So, Gould, what do you think about God told me to? The other one. Yeah, I'd rather not. <laughs> um, it was a movie. You know <laughs> Actually, no. You know what? Here's what I have to say. Here's what I'm going to say about it. Um, Monkey, thank you. You know what? I went into this movie. Okay, I didn't use your link because you know I, I love your fucking links, man. But regardless, <laughs> I, you know, I, I ended up renting this through Amazon Prime, so I had a nice HD fucking transfer. It was nice and clean, even though it was oh, a little nice. bit fucking uh, uh, yeah, a little still dated. Uh, what's the word? Saturated? No, saturated at times. Um, but I think that there was purposes that they used the color for that at uh, at earlier junctions. Now that I think back on it, but. My point being, I went into this, and honestly, my arms were folded. I was really expecting this to be like, oh, great. Here's another one of the monkeys, you know, wonderful fucking picks. You know you know, you know how much I love it when we take these fucking trips back through time for, for these kind of films. Especially um, in the 70s. And then I found myself just slowly but surely, like, enjoying the film and having a lot of laughs. Me and the ghoul girl were cracking up throughout this entire movie. Um, yeah, you know, she helped make it a lot of, a lot more fun. And I ended up, like I said, I really ended up enjoying it. So I, I had fun with what God was telling me to do here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool, man. Gene, I'm what you think about God's uh, So I won't, I don't fully agree with, uh, well, the, the, the ghoul can feel however he wants to feel about it. My feelings are a little Thank bit different. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, so I, Let's just say it was uplifting uh, to watch it. I don't think I would use the word <laughs> uplifting. Uh, up, up for sure. Uh, I well, thought the I concept of balance. this one... I had uplifting. 
Oh, experience. I understand. No, <laughs> I didn't. I, didn't I, I was not balanced or uplifted. Um, I, I oh, but anyway, my eyes sorry. To God. Uh, <laughs> um, I I thought that the the story and the concept of this one were quite interesting uh, as it unfolded. Uh, my, you know, it's just one of those things with many films of this era. Uh, my my issue had to do with the pacing of the film. I thought there was just way too much time spent in the exposition. Uh, I feel like they could have got cracking. Uh, but really, you know, aside from that, though, like I, I, the story was engaging and I, I certainly enjoyed the story. Um, I just had some issues with the pacing. Mm. So, so issues with pacing? Think, yes, pacing would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. damn it, man. That poor kid can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Joey by the end. Larry Cohen <laughs> and um, God and possibly Aliens. What did you think? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I had, seen, I had actually had a copy of this movie uh, years ago, back when I was in high school, back when you could actually go buy movies at, like, Suncoast. Uh, that's where I actually got my copy. Uh, and it's the one that the that was posted tonight on the Instagram page. It looks like a Bible, and it says "God told me to a Larry Cohen film." Oh, um, oh, I, that's where you found I, I that watched, cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the actual cover of the DVD when it came out years and years and years ago. Um, and I first saw the movie because I kept hearing about how Andy Kaufman was in it, and I had just seen Man on the Moon, uh, Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman, and I just thought, yeah, I love Andy Kaufman and his comedy because he was just an asshole. You know, but he was funny at the same time. So that's why I wanted to check out God Told Me To. And while he has a very limited role in the film, overall, yeah. I enjoyed it. Because it's one of those things where you just, I like when they twist religion. Where it goes from, is it God or is it fucking aliens? You know, it's like, is God a real fucking thing? Did it happen? Even though it's in the Bible, it probably happened. But at the same time, it could be fucking aliens. Like, everybody's worshiping God, God at the same time. Yeah. And plus, um, I love any movie that takes place in the 70s in New York. I just love that aesthetic of New York back in the 70s before Giuliani. I know you do, up. man. You know. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Hold on, though, man. This, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was they were very careful where they selected to do their shoots from or if it was just before mm-hmm. that quick descent that New York City took. This was not yeah. the dirty, grimy New York City that we would see in a couple movies that would happen just like two or three years down the road from here, like when I was a kid and stuff like that. But again, that might have been New York Ripper selected, you know, selections yeah. as far Fulci. as where they were filming and how they were filming. <laughs> Definitely yeah, a lot more than I expected. Yeah, um, yeah this, I mean, for me, it was just a, yeah. Go ahead, Monkey. I'm sorry. Uh, the, before we get into the movie and stuff like that, I I really enjoyed the I whole we were into the aspect movie. of it. I'm talking about before we start breaking down scenes. I wasn't How in about the movie. Right. <laughs> no, you weren't in this one yet. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed doing research and stuff like that. That you know, this it talks about you know, alien astronauts and that kind of stuff. And then I found out that Cohen had actually, you know, done his, his research on this movie based on the Bible and then based on mm-hmm. the book Chari- Chariots of the Gods. And this, right. like, th- and this book, like, for those of you that don't know it, it's like, this is 
like way before the TV show Agent Aliens, you know, where you got, you know, Mr. Mm-hmm. Big Hair, and then you have da- David Childress on there, no relation. Um, no. <laughs> this, no, he, no, he's not related. This was, the, this book was like the go-to book for anyone that wanted to check out. Yeah. The, the Diva has a copy on her bookshelf. So buy um, <laughs> well, we have that too, but also uh, Chariots of the Gods. Um, which is the book I'm actually talking about. Um, and it's just, this was the go-to book about people who actually wanted to learn about how maybe, you know, alien technologies, you know, came in and tamper with, you know, things like the Incas, the Egyptians, stuff like that, and you know, and share their technology. This was the book that started all of that thought processing that was out there and brought it out to the public, you know, and hippies mm-hmm. and shit were going around smoking and shit like that and reading this book that and, you know, got people thinking, Hubbard. Oh, fuck that, that motherfucker and that book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what is lava butt aliens? But yeah, you know, so I thought it was cool that he actually took the time to read that book and base some shit off of that book and then see, and, you know, tie it into the movie. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I really liked was seeing Tony Welbianco playing the lead character of Nichols, uh, because I love him and this movie that he did in the seventies, actually 1970 to be exact, called the honeymoon killer, uh, where he played a, a killer that gets together with an overweight woman and they seduce widows, uh, through the newspaper what? want ads. So it's a great <laughs> fucking movie of the honeymoon killers. Um, but here he's playing detective Nichols and right away we get a sniper on a fucking water tower just blasting people away and the reactions of these people getting shot are fucking great because they're just going full action, you know, flying away against doors and, and landing on the street, getting shot to death by this sniper Gorman on the water tower. This, this scene, I had to take it with a grain of salt because like I could tell from the rifle that he was only using a 22. And then later they say, of course it was only could. a 22. Um, Fucking watch the movie. Like, you and your fucking accuracy. No, it's just this. This was the rifle I grew up on, man. It was a twenty-two. My family has like fifteen of these motherfuckers. Okay, but, but um, you know uh-huh. he's doing sniper shot. He he's doing sniper shots with a twenty-two, um, long-range rounds, and it's just twenty-twos don't have the power to do what they're doing to these people. It's just, you know, because like you said, King, you know, you're going in, you got these awesome sniper shots, cool, I'm with it, you know, but it's just 22, but like you said, you know, people are just flying all over the street, you know, <laughs> and, you know, someone gets shot, and they got to roll five feet, you know, I, I was fucking laughing my ass off about it, you know, with these sniper shots, it's like, no, no one's... No one is just straight up dropping dead from a headshot. Nope, they got to get shot in the head and then roll around for a little bit first before they die. Yeah, they, they go <laughs> flopping all over the street like a bunch of... <laughs> yeah, they got to go flopping up in the air and hit a wall, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah, the, uh, the overdramatic deaths, I think, I think, honestly, out of them all, I think only one person got it right. I think there was like a little kid who like just dropped, yeah. you know, and like that was the thing. Yeah. Round yeah. and that was it. You know, all the adults, though, were all like, you know, this is like, this is what happens when like somebody asks their friends to be in the movie and they're like, hey, listen, okay, <laughs> we just want you to, you're just going to get, you're going to get shot and you're going to die, you know, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yell action and I just need you to be walking down the street and just just pretend you know that you that you got shot you know it's like that video yeah. that mm-hmm. 
that that with the Jaws guy and everything that they were talking about recently with uh, with the, the with the guy in the at the God my hard brain going when the shark comes up and the one guy in there that goes uh, he goes what kind of shark is it and he says it's what uh what does he say it is it's not a thresher shark it's uh whatever kind of shark he says and the guy goes a what that guy <laughs> sure. Okay. You know who I'm talking about, though, right? No. But, hey, listen, sounds like a good time. Anyway, so there's that one guy. So the whole joke of it, anyway, was that this guy is like a relative of, like, the director or whatever it is. It's like, this is what happens when your cousin Larry comes in, and you end up doing, like, 27 fucking takes because the guy can't simply say, a what, you know, or what kind of shark. He has to go, a what? Every time, you know, so that's the thing. These guys are walking down the street, they're like, yeah, die. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to flop and fucking fall around because that's how people die. What kind of shark? (laughs) Land shark. Salsa shark. But you have Nicholas climbing the tower to uh, talk to this guy that's shooting people. His name is Gorman. And Gorman (laughs) says, you know, hey, uh, God told me to, and that's why I'm doing it because he says this is the right thing to do. And then he takes a fucking stage dive right off the fucking water tower. That's not what he says, okay? He goes up there, and he starts talking to this guy. And this guy is like, "Mm, well, you know, I just just felt like shooting some people. This is is how I was (laughs) feeling today. And he's Um, like, well, well, why did you do it? Okay, because I need to get to know you because we we don't kill people that we know. Right. Well, if you look at my face, you're not going to be able to shoot not normally. It, but yeah, but I, I I've also like understand the whole thing of, you know, killing complete strangers and then when you're actually there talking to someone, you know, the realization that you know, you see that person, you're you're getting to know them, that's not someone you blast in their fucking face. But after he jumped, well, man, that's like what a the whole fuck. hostage thing. It's the whole idea of yeah, humanizing exactly. yourself. Tell the people that you have yeah. a name. Talk about your family, that kind of thing. Hope they don't get mad about it and mm. kill you right off the bat. Hope that it humanizes yeah. you and creates something that they won't kill. And this right. is just uh, but, the first of a, a series that happens in the movie of these people going around saying, God told me to. Yeah. But it, well, the thing I like is the fact that wait, he wait. Went, uh, that Yeah. The monkey's got a point, and we keep interrupting <laughs> it. I just wanted to say is like after he's done, he dives off that fucking water tower and just what a good fucking stunt that was of like that was a huge fucking jump off that water uh-huh. tower, man. I like and I was just impressed with that fucking stunt. <laughs> it was just CGI. That's all. Sure. <laughs> <It was good. laughs> all right. Okay. King as you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the fact that when Nicholas wakes up in bed next to his girlfriend, Casey, you find out that he actually lives, like, directly across from the water tower. So it's like every fucking day when he wakes up in that bed, you get to see that fucking water tower where the guy took the fucking stage dive. But we also find out that he's a fucking pimp because apparently he's got a wife and a girlfriend. Where he's just like, hey, I'm going to go back to the wife and go check her out. She's like, okay. He's like, yeah, you're cool. Like, I was like, man, this guy's just raking it in. <laughs> no problem with you. No, you got to go see the wife again, huh? Yeah, got to go visit her. Okay, well, I'll see you later, baby. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to get a divorce, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah. Yeah, what are you worried about? Come on. You know I love you. Come on. <laughs> and, and, the, and the huge difference is the girlfriend is modern. You know, she, she's like college chick, you know, that kind of thing. You know, 
going going around reading Edgar Allan Poe and shit like that, you know, because that's what her book was, you know. And then, she, you know, the wife, meanwhile, is like him, devout Catholic, you know, uh, Catholic shit all over the house, you know, body, Heavy you know, all that kind of crap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, man, <laughs> the guy was stepping up because his girlfriend was way hotter than the wife, man. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, even though I love Sandy Dennis, yeah. who was also in 976 Evil, uh, the Robert England directed yeah. film, she's just like, does, does she know that you go to church every day? No, she doesn't, right? <laughs> You're hiding that from her? Real nice. <laughs> you fucking devout Catholic. Does she know that you fuck me and then go and stick your dick in her mouth? Do you know that? Does she know that? <laughs> <laughs> does she know that your dick doesn't normally taste like tuna? <laughs> does she know it's and like, like the, yeah. that she has in the back of her throat? <laughs> and also Mike Cowan plays the uh, the police commissioner who was also Mel from Sleepaway Camp, his last film. So I just like seeing Mike Cowan oh. as the police commissioner in this movie. I was like, oh, man, it's Mel. Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> you know. As a commissioner who doesn't believe that it's religious motivated murders, even though everybody says God told me to. Like when he goes to the one guy in the hospital that just attacked a bunch of people in the supermarket, and he's like, What do you, you got to yeah. say to me? God told me to. He's like, Don't you fucking die on me, man. Oh, he's fucking dead. <laughs> well, you just, you just ripped open his oxygen tent. What do you expect him to do? I'm going to wake up, buddy. Time to wake up. <laughs> And following that, you get the, the phone calls he's getting at the police station from a man that says that it's the St. Patrick's Day Parade. There's going to be a shooting. It's going to be one of your guys. It's a cop, and he's going to blow away a bunch of people, so you better get on this. And everybody's like, no, it's not going to happen. Nah, the parade's already <laughs> happening. You don't want to disappoint the Irish. They've been looking forward to this all year. It's the only thing they have. <laughs> this is the only thing they have. And, of course, Cohen goes to the St. Patrick's Day Parade in, in at New York City. No, no permits, no nothing, just shoots. <laughs> just get the scene uh, Yes, happen. yes, I, I love that he did that. And the fact that he had no permits, I'm wondering, did they do, like, all the shots, like, shooting scenes during the parade as well? Like, that's what I would fucking love to know. Yeah, because it looks like they did. But, yeah, who knows how they yeah. got that to happen. But <laughs> the fact that it's Andy Kaufman as the cop who has the gun in his pocket. And then he just starts blowing away cops, and they're all wrestling the gun away, and he's still getting shots off. Still getting people to get knocked down yeah. by bullets. Yeah, how many cops does it take to take down one guy? <laughs> they're all just holding the gun in. Nobody's trying to wrestle on the ground. Listen, see, this has been going on for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, and then the other thing is, why is he keeping it in his pocket? They do have holsters. Yeah. <laughs> Not in their dress uniforms like that, though. You can clearly see nobody has Come on, what do you think? The yeah. Cowboys? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not in their dress blues like that. They don't have holsters. Those are dress blues for a parade. That's not because they're going to be just, patrolling. You know, that's, I just enjoy that there's all this wrestling around. You got, like, all these guys on top of them. And ultimately what happens is it's just some other fucking cop walks up to the guy and just shoots a point blank. You know, because that's <laughs> yeah. how it <laughs> Yeah, because it was but, the other guy that um, Nicholas told, you know, keep an eye on the parade, keep an eye on the guys. Yeah. And like the cool said, it was the guy that was keeping an eye on the parade and just walked up and just went straight up gangsta, just glock, glock, <laughs> right in the fucking forehead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and that's how they get. 
<laughs> you know, and, and cough as he dies, keep saying, God told me to, God told me to. Uh, but going back to the water tower guy, I love the guy that killed his wife and his kids because he's just so casually talking about it. He's like, yeah, you know, I felt like I had to do it, you know. Like, I just grabbed a gun and blew the back of my son's head off and then saw my wife and killed her. And he's like, you know, it, just, it happened that way. It's like I wasn't even aiming. He's like, I just, I just shot. Yeah. <laughs> he just casual yeah. approach to it. Talking about these fucking brutal murders in his family. It's chilling in a way. Well, yeah, because he's also in this zen state of mind the entire time he's telling the story. And he's also talking about, you know, how the daughter was scared and she locked herself in the bathroom. And, you know, how he was just saying, it's Mm -hmm. a game, come on out and I'll show you how to play the game. You know, and then he shoots her too. You know, and then he responds of not only did God tell me, to, you know, told me to, it was he asked so little of us, you know, that when <laughs> he does ask something of you, you know, why wouldn't you answer? And that's when Nicholas goes, are you a religious man? And he was like, no, not until today. So it's not like it was right. just tapping into the religious vein of people. You know, this, this guy was obviously someone who didn't give a shit at all, but somehow got the voice of God in his head that told him to, to wipe out his entire fucking family. Maybe this is what happened with Chris Benoit. Whoa! I think. Wow. Um, Dark. Oh, man. I got got to figure that, that, you know, shit like the Amityville killings and everything, like that was probably an inspiration for this. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, again, you got to figure that, you know, all these things that were going on, during this time, you know, you had the Sharon Tate murders, you had all these things that had gone on over the last couple of years, and uh, and yeah, I'm sure all this built up in his head, and, and out popped this movie. But yeah, that guy was uh, it was very interesting to watch him deliver it so serenely and so calm. You know, it was like he was on a couple of quaaludes or something. Yeah, because yeah, he, he was so he balanced. He was on his balance. He took his balance. Oh, took his balance. <laughs> But it's also interesting because Nicholas is going and he's talking to people like Gorman's mother and other people that have been talking about this person that they keep seeing. He's long hair. He doesn't wear shoes. And who doesn't wear shoes in New York City? But none of them could figure out what his face looks like. Yeah, that's it's funny. like a boy. All they know is that he has long he hair. dad must have been in town. <laughs> he wanted them long hair type tip bags. That's what he liked, yeah. He said every time I look at his face, I can't figure out what his face looks like. You know, because every time I look, it's it just kind of like, like just shifts. Yeah, it just move around and shit. I don't know. <laughs> but but he got the name of Bernard Phillips, and that's his lead. Now he's going to go to the Phillips household and figure out just what the fuck is going on. But before he can do that, he's immediately attacked by Mrs. Phillips. <laughs> running down the stairs with a fucking knife. <laughs> oh, shit. My- <laughs> Michael, no! Oh, sorry. <laughs> Chill the fuck out, lady. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> it's just a great tussle sequence. Mm. And when mm. she finally lands at the bottom and then dies, and he's like, tell me, tell me, say it, say it. It's fucking dying. So, so this was during the saturation part, but this is also when I realized that we time travel in this movie. Um, obviously, however filming went, they must have shot this either prior to the St. Paddy's Day scene or post the St. Paddy's Day scene. The only reason I'm saying what? that is, is well, because we know, of the San Festival. That, yes, which is in September. 
Yeah. And St. Patrick's Day yep. is in March. Yet in the movie, yep. these things happen like within a day of each other. Consecutive. Um, <laughs> yeah. It does, yeah. doesn't work that way Rapid. in real life. But it, I, I did find it fun, though, as far as from a filming perspective. You know what I mean? So I wonder when they got that footage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, both was interesting. But especially after you know, like he gets long, stabbed and then he walks like out. It's a long shoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? This isn't the kind of movie that I, <laughs> yeah. I could go and fucking, you know, seven, eight months fucking filming. You know, this is like wrapped in 20 days type mm. deal. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they should have just thrown a quick montage in there of him just doing a lot of research. But no. <laughs> With a musical background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Steady finds out that Mrs. Phillips yeah. was a virgin. That it's impossible for her to have a kid, even though clearly she did have one at one time in 1951. Yep. So how the fuck is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> now is it is this when uh, he talked to um, the guy that picked up a woman on the side of the street, or was that the next woman? The next one. I love. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, because he talks to the the coroner and he finds out that she was a virgin. And there's no way that she could have a kid, but she did. So that's what's written up in the report. And that's when he wants okay. to talk to the police commissioner about how it's religious motivated. And this is what we need to be looking into. And he's like, you're fucking crazy, man. Get out of here with the crazy thoughts. And that's when he's like, I'm taking it to the press. He's like, I have no choice. Fire me if yeah, you will, but I have to take it to the press. But I like that he tries to take it to the press and they address that he tried to take it to several press until like several people of the yeah. press. Until he pretty much reaches rock bottom and goes for the dude who reports on aliens and shit like that, mm-hmm. you know, cult cult stuff, you know, like still legitimate newspaper, but almost National Enquirer is where he ends up going, you know, and the guy is like, you know, you went to everyone else and they turned you down, didn't they? He's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, he's like, so you're going to run it? He's like, fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and it's immediate chaos when these fucking articles come out. You have all the fucking religious people going, repent your sins. Repent. Jesus is coming, y'all. And he's going to kill everybody. Of course. With their fucking signs. I love it. That's the kind of shit that I see going down. If fucking, I mean, look, look what happened, okay, when we were fucking told that, hey, you know what? There's going to be a fucking disease that's going to come around. There's going to be a bunch of people that are going to get sick and possibly die. What did everybody fucking do? They all ran out and bought all the fucking TP and fucking paper towels that they could possibly fucking get. You know what? I didn't see that yeah. panic going on when they were told that God was coming and killing people. Yeah. No, but you bring up a good well, point because again, they they bought all the TP and all that kind of shit, and then they sit there and didn't use any of it to cover their face, and they all sit there and bitch about how they can't hang out together in the fucking grocery stores and restaurants. Sorry. Okay, back to the movie. <laughs> Sorry, Dean. Do you, Dean, you had a point. I was just gonna make commentary about uh, toilet paper, Love. but let's move along. Uh, <laughs> what, yeah, girls don't wipe back to front. Is that what we're no, they didn't say anything of the sort. Uh, please stop <laughs> ideas. Uh, carry on with the chlorophyll. So I do have the inquiry. It's front to back. It's always front to back. <laughs> and once all this has come to light, they do have an inquiry. Now, all the here's, police here's officers with Casey. Here's an interesting question. Go ahead. We're all guys here, right? We're all guys here. Now, like, when you wipe your bums, right, your asses, you know, being that we're not from Britain. Like, do you guys do the reach around the back and swipe upwards, or do you reach underneath and swipe, like, forwards? Or you would dab? No, I, I do. Gra- Ball up. I grab. 
I I, I grab I grab my balls. Back to get, yourself, King, or do you go under? No, I, I, that's, I do. Yeah, I'm not you that flexible, so I sit there. I no, I grab the balls and I wipe back to front. Fuck it, and then I hit it with a wipe afterwards. Fancy motherfucker. There you go. Back to front. Huh? <laughs> wow, what are you six? <laughs> no, I'm just not as flexible as the king apparently where he's like, you know, although I am the monkey on the show, I do not have the kind of flexibility to sit there and reach all around my ass with my ass up in the air to be wiping my ass out all hanging out like that. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Natural. So I know you, I, I've known you to put your ass. ass up in the air for many a thing, but you won't do it to wipe Yes. <laughs> yeah, nope. I just don't have I just I just don't have that flexibility in my elbows, man. My elbows are pretty much shot from doing 25 years of warehouse work, man. <laughs> <laughs> and furious masturbation. Okay. But so, yes, we do have an inquiry said, with Casey, yes, we do. with the, the police force. <laughs> Deep conversation. She gives him the whole... I'm talking to everybody. <laughs> she gives him the history of, of Detective Nicholas. And, you know, they're talking to her about him being crazy. And she's like, I don't have to fucking take this. This is an interrogation. I'm out of here. Later, because <laughs> you're trying to get everything hunt. out of me. <laughs> I already gave everything I could give you. But what I love is the fact that in the next scene, you have Lieutenant Jordan, the one black detective, walking out of the elevator, and you have the pimp walk on and go, what's up, cool breeze? How y'all doing, <laughs> man? You know, <laughs> what I don't tell yeah. you about arresting my men. He's like, well, you know what? I had to do some arrests, and I arrested somebody. He's like, but that ain't cool, man. That ain't cool. <laughs> Maybe oh, we're man, in the I- stairwell. Uh, oh, yeah, how convenient. I'm going to sit there and trust the pimp alone in a stairwell in 1970s New York. Uh, no, and how the fuck do you get in the police station too, motherfucker, while you're at it? But they don't address any of that. <laughs> nope, instead he just shows up because, you know, he's cool. Connected, <laughs> man. <laughs> Jordan is working both sides. He's a cop, but he's also yeah. taking a cut from the drug industry. Which means yep. he's not the only one, you know. There's plenty of them doing it then. There never is in these movies, man. <laughs> and Pusher Man takes it upon himself to realize, you know what? I could take advantage of this God told me to shit. I'm going to stab this fucking cop to death and just write God his blood and walk away. Hell yeah. <laughs> you got free, baby. See, he got, he got too creative. You know, the, the, the <laughs> God killing people weren't doing all that, man. They were just simply killing. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, yeah. he gets off scot-free for a little while because even the police commissioner is like, ah, I don't know. Uh, you know, he died, but at the same time, he couldn't possibly work in both sides. Nicholas is like, no, he definitely <laughs> fucking was, dude. No, no way. Jordan was yeah. good. No, and, Jordan was a straight and guy. He, and then Nicholas goes, look, he was working both sides, and you fucking know it. You know, he called everyone <laughs> else out, you know, going, you know, who, you all knew it too. And he, and he straight up said, and he wasn't I the only know. one. You know, <laughs> all that religious fervor behind it. He's got conviction and beliefs. See, because he's honorable. He's an honorable man. And while all this is Isn't happening, we have Nicholas interviewing a guy who talks about a flashback that he had back in the day when he saw a naked woman running in the road and hysterics <laughs> about being abducted by aliens and being impregnated by them. And he's like, that's fucking crazy. He's like, what did happen? And if you don't want to believe me, that's fine, but it did happen. I remember it. And she ran off, and I never saw her again. 
So let's yeah. have a flashback. Don't get, don't the, get me wrong. It's not like I didn't think about raping her or anything like that. The guy even at one point said, he's like, you know, I have gotten frisky before or whatever. It's like, man, you just need to remember you're talking to a cop, bro. So let, let's have a flashback in, you know, kind of black and white with a 1951 pickup truck that's supposed to take place in 1941. But anyway, <laughs> you and your fucking cars, dude. <laughs> Hey, it didn't it's, it's one of the things I'm good at. <laughs> yeah, but, but again, okay, so we get into the alien abduction scene, and, like, I'm enjoying this shit, man, of them showing the stuff, you know, alien abductions. And, King, I know you're all about all of this shit. Yeah, yeah I am. I, I, I'm obsessed with aliens and alien abduction and what's possible, you know, and all these stories of people saying they've been abducted and been experimented on and the scars that they have. So, yeah, I mean, I did appreciate this story angle, you know, of aliens picking up the giant and impregnating them. Yeah. This was right up there with with fire in the sky, stuff like that of again, abductions, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm going to reveal something. Me, the person that normally like catches on to what's going on with these movies pretty quickly, you know, for the majority of this movie, I was thinking to myself, wow, they're kind of like just really going along this whole religious thing. And I'm thinking, you know what, this is 76, whatever year it is, so it's filmed in 75. The Exorcist was a big hit, The Omen, like all these films, you know, that are, that are dealing with all this stuff. So it's perfectly normal. It was the ghoul girl who early in the film was like, you know what, I think this is going to end up being... And like aliens or some shit, and I'm like, get out of here! I go, that's fucking retarded. <laughs> you know, God made me do it. And and you know what? Sure as shit. Okay, when this fucking lady starts floating around and floats into some kind of weird tripped out 1960s fucking space shuttle, okay, with a fucking vagina in the wall, going. <laughs> okay, looking like fucking Kwatu coming out of that dude's belly in fucking Total Recall. That's Kwatu. Kwatu. Quato. 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 Okay. Quato. Okay. That's Quato. That's okay. Yeah. So, no, my my feeble little mind at this point was sitting there going, holy shit. Fucking aliens? Really? (laughs) And what's great is that, as this is explained, we discover that there's like a cult that's being led by Bernard Phillips. And they each try to take turns at killing Nicholas. Many failed attempts, trying to push him in front of a subway train, trying to kill him when he gets to meet one of the cult members. So finally, Nicholas is done with this shit, so he's like, take me to your fucking leader. <laughs> take me to your leader. Because <laughs> I need to see him. <laughs> and he gets led down to the basement where Bernard Phillips is in this boiler fucking room. the time room. continuum <laughs> transfunctioner. <laughs> <laughs> Just bathed in fucking this golden light, and that's where he first sees Bernard Phillips, played by Richard Lynch, who's amazing in this movie, mm. as this co-leader. What the fuck yeah. is this? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and then when I actually got to see his face, I was like, holy shit, it's Bernard Lynch, holy fuck! <laughs> Richard Lynch, yeah. He was also in Bad Dreams in the 88, yeah. is another cult leader, with Jennifer Rubin yeah. starring. So, I was like, you know, another cult movie for, for Richard Lynch. But it's the fact that he, he gets down there and he meets with Phillips, and he realizes through this conversation that he's special and that Phillips is not going to kill him because Nicholas has another purpose. 
So after almost falling into mm. the furnace, he wakes up and Phillips is gone. I well, okay. You say almost falling in the furnace. I took it as it was Phillips using trying to use his powers to show Nicholas that he can't really have earthly pain. You know, because he talked about his stitches that were on his hand. You know, and how they right. aren't there anymore. So I think he was using his um, psychic powers to kind of you know force him into the fire so he could actually see that he can't be hurt. Because earlier That's a good he had thing. Yeah. But because because earlier he has a conversation with his wife and talks about how he's never been hurt, you know, and we that had this, also, uh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that was after he was and, injured, and, and, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, we had this moment yeah. where he talks with his wife about how he's never been hurt. You know, we had this unbreakable moment, you know, of yeah, I've never Ooh, really had you. anything really bad happen. Which is exactly what they, that's yeah. what it made me think of too. I was like, oh shit, this is like unbreakable. Well, obviously, you know, maybe M might saw this and, and went that route with it. I don't know. <laughs> but it's through this confrontation that he decides to go through the adoption records and try to figure out where he came from. You know, where, where, what, who his mother is. And that leads him to an old folks home where he gets confronted by a woman that he believes is his mother. And, they, and she starts talking about another alien abduction where she also was abducted by aliens. You guys keep bringing up Richard Lynch, Richard, Richard Lynch, and everything, you know. And I, I you know, obviously, I know, I know who the actor is. I've seen him in a ton of things. Have you seen some Beatles? You know this one? Uh, no, the old lady. Yes, the old lady in this was from his mother. Is fucking the Juno, um, the caseworker. Juno, She's Juno, caseworker. the caseworker. Yes, yes. Juno, yes. the caseworker. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, I would say with Richard Lynch, the funny thing is, is when I see him, the first thing that comes to my mind, the first thing I thought about when I saw the damn guy is, holy shit, that's the main villain of the Barbarians, okay, with the two fucking big <laughs> bodybuilder twins. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I go to bad dreams of Jennifer Rubin, but yes, he was in Barbarians. But uh, through this woman, you know, she tells him that she had never, didn't ever want to be touched by a man, but then she was abducted. And you know, she did give birth, and he's like, Mama, why don't you want to touch me, Mama? Mama, I love you. Like, you know, why am I here, Mama? Like, why am I here? Why do I exist? Mama like, Mia. Fuck off me. Here I go again. Don't touch me. Oh, <laughs> don't touch me. I don't want to be touched. Like, <laughs> this horrible. Get your fingers out of me. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry, Mama. <laughs> And I love when the nurse and the doctor show the nurse and orderly show up and they're like, What the fuck are you doing? He's like, Nothing, I gotta go. Fucking <laughs> like goes running out. Yeah, but that You're but a cop, what are you doing to your mama? <laughs> but before that they were just the most laid back people because they're like, you know, this whole scene of the retirement home was like, Well did you tell her I'm coming over? He's like, No. Because where the fuck are they going to go? You know, they're stuck here. You know, it's the worst fucking retirement home ever. It's like, you know, you, you know old people, they're just hanging out. You know, they don't really do anything. They just sit around until, you know, a room opens up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they die. They die, asshole. You're not getting it. <laughs> I mean, You're I thought she did a great job, though, of just being just completely distressed. Like, you know, and she's screaming after he left, I don't want anybody to touch me. You know, just kind of just upset that somebody brought it up that she, you know, did give birth to a fucking alien. I just alien. saw the Terrence and Phillip movie, Who Wants to Touch Me? Stop <laughs> 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 I said he wants to fucking touch but, me. <laughs> but, 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 
but she also stressed that she was still a virgin too. Like she never, yeah. like mm-hmm. after that experience, you know, she never let anyone into her life. So she was still a virgin to this point. Said, I wouldn't either, you know? man. I got fucking attacked by a fucking alien vagina. All right. I think I'm fucking good guys, girls. Stay the fuck away, please. <laughs> And after he runs away from the old folks' house, he goes back to his wife's house, who is sitting down with Casey, the girlfriend. She's like, oh, don't you know about him? I know about you. Let's sit down and talk. <laughs> he's a nice guy overall. And he's like, hey, ladies, so here's the deal. I got to go. Um, probably not coming back. <laughs> so you guys take care. Finger guns, finger guns, finger guns. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Kinky. <laughs> <laughs> An amazing scene because he just makes that with his wife in front of his girlfriend. He's like, hey, I didn't forget about you either. Here's a hug. He just <laughs> bring it in for the real thing, huh? Well, you, <laughs> you get a hug. <laughs> you get a hug. And she's like, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to die. He's like, hey, see you later. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm a god. Peace. <laughs> A golden god? With that dick. I am a golden god. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to cut yeah. to my favorite scene in the movie at the, the fucking pimps club, the dealers club, where he's just roughing no. up this Dave Chappelle no. looking fucking guy. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, I just gave you $100. That ain't enough. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Bring, take down your pants. You drop your pants, motherfucker. <laughs> Open up your ass cheeks. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing, motherfucker. <laughs> and Nicholas is entering this fucking club, just staring everybody fucking down. And they're all like, what's up, fucking white guy in this fucking black club? What are you doing? Just staring everybody down until the, the dealer comes out of the room with the fucking junkie. The fuck are you doing here, man? You ain't got no business here. <laughs> I dig music. And I'm all drunk. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I know you killed Jordan, and that wasn't cool. And then they do that great lighting effect over Nicholas's eyes where he's like, I'm yeah. this motherfucker down. <laughs> um, motherfucker. <laughs> and it leaves to the dealer stabbing everybody in the fucking room. <laughs> Just going off and everybody. What the fuck, man? No, stabbing all the guys. The prostitutes were okay. They, they, they left the prostitutes. Just run out of the room. But all the guys that were in the room, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, they they got fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Until the dealer gets got and he cuts his own throat. And then Nicholas is like, hell yeah. I got the power! Cue the music. He got the glow. Because I'm going into the final battle with my brother. Bernard Phillips. Oh, wait, no, wait. Love, love, oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, cool. I, I know for a fact. I know for a fact that the dean can sing that shit word for fucking word right now. Exactly. Yep. Okay. You moving on. Goal. You feel it that we need to know. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> We love a passion glow. That you need the glow. You need the glow. The glow to grow. There we go. <laughs> you love to live. You live to love. Again, <laughs> but getting to the, the building where uh, Philip is. Let me get to this finale. Expo- 
Rolf explains to Nicholas that Nicholas got the human side, and that's why he doesn't have the power that Phillips has. That's why he's more weak, even though they're both aliens. You don't have the power I have, so... He's not weak. He's got compassion, okay, because he's a human being, okay? You know who could, who could fucking really use a little bit of a dose of that? That would be the fucking man sitting in the White House, that orange alien motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that fake golden god sitting in his white castle. <laughs> Wait, no, that came out wrong. No, not castle. that one. Jeez. White castle's good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mix it up. <laughs> Sorry, so you get sorry. this reveal. <laughs> you get this fucking reveal from Phillips that he's actually a hermaphrodite. He's got a big old vagina in the middle of his chest, and he's like, "Let's <laughs> make more babies." <laughs> and he's like, "I want to fucking make babies with you, you fucking monster!" <laughs> Fuck my no. chest. Fuck my look. I got a pussy right here in my ribs. Just, just <laughs> fuck my ribs. Just one rib. Just do it. <laughs> we need to make fucking more aliens, dude. And he's like, "I don't want to." So now I have no choice but to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to choke you. He's like, harder, daddy. What? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, he bitch slaps him, and then he's like, oh. And he's like, oh, you never felt pain before. Oh, yeah, daddy's yeah. going to bring it. <laughs> Time for the purple nurple. <laughs> Should have hit him with a titty just, twister. Then, it would have been good to go. <laughs> he lightly strangles Phillips, who falls to the ground. That's when the building starts to fucking collapse. And he's trying to shoot him, but fucking Phillips goes, no! Like fucking, you know, just this lame fucking scream. And it's like, okay, well, he's dead now. So we're good. We're, we're just going to close it out. <laughs> no. You didn't need to shoot no, him. We're now... <laughs> Bye, Z's. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole building falls down. And we have like five minutes of just flaming fucking building all over the fucking place. Oh, yeah. And, okay. and yet... This, this is where I get confused because the next scene, someone gets charged with something, and it's like an entire building got fucking burnt down. How the fuck did they find one person to blame for this fucking murder? <laughs> it was an abandoned building, so well, that's probably what it my, was. My favorite part of all this is the amazing work by Tony Lobianco as he's running out of this building. <laughs> And they're telling him, the building is shaking. The building is shaking. And he's twitching and gyrating his body and wiggling around as they're not simulating the shaking building with the camera. (laughs) So all you see is him flopping through the air like he's being fucking electrocuted, like somebody's hitting him with a taser gun all of a sudden, you know, full-on arms in the air. And he's like, and then he's just running down the steps a little bit more. That was very Bruce Campbell level. Belly lamp. Bruce Campbell level. He he is put. He is doing his best. James Kirk. The bridge is getting shot. Acting right there. That's what that (laughs) is. Okay. (laughs) I I dug it. (laughs) It was because in the next scene, he's arrested and he's walking into the courthouse and like, well, there he is, everybody. But before that, I was amazed uh, when you were talking about that scene just now. I was amazed at how. Uh, how completely engulfed that building was in flames so quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's like a dozen gas. It, it, cuts to, it cuts to an exterior shot of the entire building, every square inch of the building that you can see completely burning in flames. That's what I'm saying. Was different, man. <laughs> the shit was made out of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and after this scene, we're showing him going into the courthouse. He's been arrested, and they're like, oh, uh, Mr. Nicholas, Mr. Nicholas, uh, can you tell us why you did it? He's, God told me to. Uh, can you say that one more time? I didn't hear it. What? What? God told me to. Freeze frame. Yeah, but He's now in the middle right, of his right, life. Right in that scene, though, I, look, I don't know much about equipment uh, and reporters in the 1970s, but did anybody notice – uh, the, one of the reporters holding up the microphones, how absurdly, gigantically long and enormous one of those reporters' microphones was. Did anybody else notice that? Well, yeah, that's how they looked back in the 70s. They had the, the long pole-like the microphones. No, no, no. Everyone else was holding uh, normal uh, reporter-style right. microphones, except for this one person. Dean, yeah, are you having microphone? I think it's even having a microphone in me. <laughs> yeah. and just, I just took it for the 70s That's what they use You know, so that's what I took it as But yeah, unfortunately Nicholas is going to spend the rest of his life in a mental institution so Alright, stop the globe we're not, <laughs> we're not done yet Because he gets there Like the king said, he gets locked into A mental institution <laughs> for, for the mentally insane Because he said, God told me to <laughs> Which closed in 1977 and was reopened as another uh, New York City mental institution. So, right on time in 76, because that was a real mental institution back in 76. So, it was uh, subsidized in 77. So, it makes oh. sense that he'd be there. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, so, yeah, that is the, the conclusion of God Told Me To. Uh, again, I enjoyed it. I think we all did. But next week, I believe it is you, Ghoul, that has the pick. What do you have for us? That would be me. And you know what, man? Uh, we're going to go. That would be you, man. Contra- that would be me, man. Uh, I-, I had a toss-up between two, um, as-, as always. I'm sure both would be fun for their own reasons. Uh, one, I'm going to hold off, though, and I have ultimately made my decision here. We are going to go with the ultimately what I guess ended up being quite controversial, but recently released, Ooh. The Hunt. Oh. Ooh. Oh, okay. Okay, the hunt. All right, so going I, I modern day. Last, I'm good. I just watched it last weekend. Let's do this shit. <laughs> I have not watched it yet, so I'm looking forward to it. So, a movie that's been on my radar for a while. So, first time watch. Do you know where this is currently airing, Ghoul? Uh, it is on. I just actually sent you the message. It's on the movies anywhere, so you can access it through that. Oh, okay. delightful. All right. All right, next so, week we're going. We, we go. We going to Arkansas next week. Woohoo! <laughs> all, right, all, right. all right. Thank you for the all pick. Right. And thank you for joining us. Close it out. <laughs> yep. Yep. So good night, fart fans. We hope you enjoyed tonight's episode, and thank you for listening and letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> all right, and Dean, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Look forward to having you back here next week for the ho- uh, the hunts. Good night. <laughs> right. so go ahead, Ghoul, as we close out. we got about a minute or so change. One hit us with a plug so as we sad. close out tonight's show. Indeed. Everybody, get on Etsy and put in the search bar and put all in one word, Bonfire Bead Designs. You're going to find all kinds of gemstone jewelry, uh, handcrafted things. You're going to find something that will give you the glow. Okay, It might be the blue kind, the white kind, or the red kind. I'm not sure which one you're going to get, but you're going to get one of them. Um, when you need to know, you got that glow. 
Anyway, though, but again, there's all kinds of uh, gemstone jewelry, snakeskin jewelry, all kinds of interesting things up there. She's been working her ass off, and, uh, you know, again, the uh, the artistic juices are flowing, and that helps my stuff flow. So please continue to help my stuff flow, because everybody loves to hear about that. Again, Bonfire Beat Designs, all one word, on Etsy. Besides that, stay scared, everybody, and have a good night. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Next week, we're talking okay. about the hunt. A little bit of controversy, never heard anybody. So as for me, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying thank you so much. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. We'll see you next time. Power